athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. for joining me on another edition of the program here on Cox to Row Radio on Sirius XM also channels 141, 142 and 84 I am your host Donald Ware listen we got a whole lot to get to on the program today got a big show lined up for you got some good guests lined up for you today here on the program a couple of things I want to get into I want to get into Serena Williams announcing that she's going to retire after the U.S. Open. This is big news, obviously, because in my opinion, and, and I mean, I, I, it's hard to to really say because who's the greatest tennis player to ever play, right? Like I've, I, I remember when Chris Everett played and Martina Navratilova, and you know, even. I, I never saw Athelia Gibson, who was like the first dominant black player play and, and all of those kind of things. I mean, in my lifetime, right, in my lifetime, and I would even say uh, including Chris Everett and Martina Navratilova and Steffi Graf and all of those great tennis players of the 80s and the 90s and some partly in the 70s, that Serena Williams was the greatest tennis player that I ever saw play and even rivaling some of the men tennis players uh, as well. I mean, you look at the great players of today, the Roger Federer's, uh, the the list kind of goes on and on with those players. And I mean, I think about all that she's been able to accomplish throughout the course of her career. And it's been an absolutely spectacular career. It's one that unfortunately has been cut by injuries because remember going back to, was it 2017 she, all she needed to do was win one more title. And, I mean, she has what we call the Serena Slam, which means she was the winner of all four majors and held the title of all four majors at one time, but never had won a major from the beginning of the year, which the beginning of the year starts the, the Australian Open. And the end of the year, uh, it culminates with the U.S. Open and in between you have the French Open and you have Wimbledon, right? She had an opportunity to have to to have done that. It didn't happen. And then it sort of, you know, it, it, injuries just kind of took their toll uh, on her career. But she's, in my opinion, in there, she's, in my opinion, not only she's one of the greatest athletes to ever, there ever was, 
Okay, one of the greatest athletes that there ever was, and probably the greatest female athlete that has ever lived. I mean, you think about all of what she was able to accomplish throughout the course of her career. Of course, you know, you you can't now you cannot tell the story of Serena Williams without also telling the story of Venus Williams. It was Venus Williams that started on the circuit first. She was the older sister. She had won, you know, a couple of major titles and and put the Williams sisters on the map. And then, you know, she sort of opened the door, meaning Venus opened the door and the Serena just busted it down. I mean, she just, she was just a dominant player. And, you know, again, just uh, really just beset by a lot of injuries. So you look at the Australian Open, seven Australian Opens, three French Open titles, seven Wimbledon titles, and then six uh, U.S. Open titles. And, you know, I'm really pulling for, I hope, and, and it's just, again, it's been injuries. I really hope that she can win that she can go out with a bang um and it would be it would be great to see if Serena Williams could do it one last time and go out on top I mean that would be absolutely awesome and it doesn't even count all of the Grand Slam double titles she's won you talk about four of those at the Australian Open two of those at the French Open six of those at Wimbledon and then two of those at the U.S. Open. Absolutely phenomenal career. Uh, one of the best athletes of all time. And I must say, Serena Williams was a guest on this show going back uh, to 2007. At that time, I mean, uh, we had had Michael Strahan on the program, I think back in 06, the beginning of 06. Uh, but Serena Williams, a megastar, and fortunate to have had her on this uh, program, one of the greatest to ever do it speaking about going back a a ways on next weekend's edition of the show we're going to celebrate 17 years of the program on the air august 20th will make 17 years of this program on the air and listen we it has been our pleasure uh to bring you hbcu sports it has been our pleasure uh to bring you uh, HBCU, something that people across the landscape of national radio, and this is, of course, a national radio program, don't talk about HBCU sports. It's probably the reason, a matter of fact, it is the main reason that this show was started. So we've been glad to bring you that over the years. We've been glad to bring you a different perspective in terms of looking at sports, uh, in terms of, of, of also looking in the entertainment world and bringing you entertainers and bringing you celebrities and bringing you sports people and bringing you quote unquote regular people. It has been our pleasure to have done that for 17 years. We'll celebrate 17 years on the air on August the 20th. So speaking of HBCU sports, we got a lot of HBCU football to talk about today. As a matter of fact, um, listen, uh, where the season begins on August the 27th, you got a handful of games on August the 27th. And uh, so, you know, looking forward to the season, it is upon us. And we're going to talk some HBCU football. As a matter of fact, Gabe Gardenia is the head football coach at Albany State, joins us on the program. Albany State is sits at number five 
in the HBCU media poll. Number five preseason in the HBCU media poll, the defending SIAC champions had a phenomenal season last year. Matter of fact, had six shutouts, six shutouts in one season. So Gabe Gardenia, the head football coach at Albany State, going to join us on the program. Also joining us today here on the program as we talk some HBCU football, Trey Oliver is in his fourth season as the head football coach at North Carolina Central. He's going to join us on the program as well. So we're looking forward to that. Also, had a chance, have an exclusive interview, exclusive interview or conversation, I should say, an exclusive conversation with John Wall. Exclusive conversation with John Wall. I had a chance to catch up with him on Thursday, as a matter of fact. And I tell you what, we talked about he was in Raleigh. Uh, we're here in Raleigh. He was in town, had a chance to talk with him. He does a lot with the Salvation Army uh, of Wake County uh, or uh, in Raleigh. And I had a chance to talk with him and talk with him about what he does in the community, but then also talk uh, with him about some basketball and uh, what the last two and a half years have been like for him. And he said some things. You don't want to miss that conversation. If you want to participate here on the program, hit us up via Twitter at box to row P O X T O R O W. Listen, I've got a, I've got a hot take and we're going to talk some HBCU football. As I mentioned today, I've got a hot take. So I am going to, I, this is, it's a hot take. I don't know that it's going to happen, but I'm going to give you a hot take, right? We know South Carolina state defeated Jackson state last year in the celebration bowl in the HBCU coaches poll, in the final poll, South Carolina State was on was number one in the poll. And in the media poll, it was actually Bowie State that was number one, finished number one in the media poll. I think, you know, Jack, to me, Jackson State has something to prove this year. Jackson State has to prove with all of the fanfare, uh, Deion Sanders obviously being the head coach, a lot has been made about Jackson State, the recruiting the players, the talent, all of those things. But I think Jackson State has a lot to prove this year by winning the HBCU National Championship or being named HBCU National Champs. Um, I, You know, it, it, it's going to be interesting. Will Jackson State even come out of the East? That remains to be seen because I think Florida a is going to have a – not I think, I know Florida a is going to have a really strong team and the, that, that game is early on. It's Jackson State's first game. Florida a and second game is the game in Miami when the two teams meet, right? But even more, if I look at the MEAC, you would think that South Carolina State could would repeat. And I think South Carolina State obviously can repeat. But a hot take, Delaware State could be, when it's all said and done, at the end of the season, MEAC champion. Do the research. Look at what they have coming back. Quarterbacks back, big time, you know, big time kid. A lot of, they're underestimating Jarrett. Uh, the defense is going to be really, really good. Rod Milstead, who played in the National Football League, played at Delaware State when it was a really good program, uh, has also made the offensive line in his own image. So a hot take is that Delaware State, when the season end, season ends, could be the MIAC champs. 
So we're going to step aside, take a break again, still to come here on the program, an exclusive conversation, that is, with John Wall. Also still to come, North Carolina Central head football coach Trey Oliver up next. We're going to be joined by Albany State head football coach Dave Gardini. The old renaissance is the new renaissance Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction This is the Harlem Brewing Company Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's, and in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. Hit me! The 2022 State Fair Classic. Grambling State versus Prairie View A&M. Saturday, October 1st at the Cotton Bowl. One ticket gets you into the fair and the big game. Also, Grammy Award winning Ashanti Live. Then the Classic kicks off at a new time, 6 p.m. New coaches, old rivalry, and an iconic halftime battle of events. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.com. Visit StateFairClassicFootball.com. Sponsored in part by City of Dallas. Dallas Sports Commission. McDonald's. Black and Positively Golden. Chevy. Cricket Wireless. Methodist Hospital. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at box to row and on Facebook at From the Press Box to Press Row. And don't forget to tell your friends to check out all of the latest from Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. This segment of the program is brought to you by the State Fair Classic taking place in Dallas on October 1st. The big game between Prairie View A&M and Grambling. And of course, if you purchase your ticket, it will also get you into the Texas State Fair at 4 o'clock. The pregame concert features the one and only Ashanti, the big game starts at 6 p.m. It's at the Cotton Bowl. And for more information and to purchase tickets, you can log on to statefairclassicfootball.com. You can also purchase tickets at ticketmaster.com. Welcome back to the program. We're joined by a gentleman in his sixth season as the head football coach at Albany State, the Golden Rams are the preseason number five picking the HBCU media poll. Of course, defending SIAC champions, Gabe Gardenia, the head coach at Albany State, joins us here on the program. Coach Gardenia, welcome back to the program. Well, Donald, I'm doing good. I got uh, 
barely any voice left. So, uh, you know, we've been coaching some ball around here. So uh, it's an exciting time of the year and uh, glad to be on the show. Yeah, I mean, I would say if you have no voice left, things – I mean, you can interpret that. Things could be going great or not so much. What are your thoughts on how camp is going so far? Yeah, I think it's um, just kind of par for the course. You know, we, we like to have a lot of enthusiasm and excitement out there. And, you know, a lot a lot of the yelling I do is, uh, you know, for big plays and, and uh, guys doing a great job. So uh, uh, it's exciting to be back on the grass. Uh, out there underneath the, the South Georgia oven that we got cranked up and, uh, you know, got 101 Golden Rams trying to get better every single day. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let, let's talk about last season. This is a really good season. You'd been knocking on the door. You've been in that SIAC championship game, you know, going back a couple of years, couldn't quite get over the hump. And, I mean, I think, I mean, zero points. So in the in last year, your team gave up zero points in the last two games, perhaps the biggest games of the season when you talk about the game against Fort Valley State in the uh, Fountain City Classic and then the shutout of Miles in the championship game. Just your thoughts on the 2021 season. Well, I think we had a really, uh, you know, unique and um, uh, wonderful group of guys that, uh, you, like you said, we were, we'd had our uh, hearts kind of broken two years in a row and, uh, you know, we were trying to, not just get through the door, but kick it in. And, uh, you know, obviously had a special year on defense and, uh, you know, obviously capping off of those, those two great performances at the end of the year. And, um, you know, being the number one defense in all of division two, uh, in scoring defense and total defense and, uh, just a fun group of guys. And, um, but excited to see what 22, uh, is going to bring. And, uh, we put that one to bed and, and, uh, you know, it's exciting uh, to just watch our team kind of grow and uh, become a team. Uh, so, Deontay Bonet, your quarterback, he's a um, preseason all-conference guy, um, sure. did some really good things for you last year. Speak to what you're expecting from him this season. Well, I think with him it's all about leadership. I mean, he's got plenty of arm talent. He's really, really smart. I mean, he's a big-time student of the game. Um, you know, he's probably a guy that I'm trying to convince to be on my staff one day. Um, but, uh, you know, super intelligent and, and a great person, high character. Um, and Deontay is just really kind of growing into his leadership role. You know, he's a sophomore on the field last year. He'll be a junior this year. And, um, and he's already in grad school, Donald. And, and uh, you know, he just is um, kind of everything you want in your quarterback. He's a, he's a field general that can make plays. Uh, so he doesn't just have to manage the game. He can, he can create things. He's, you know, he's a, he's a, he's like a Steph Curry out there. You know, he's not afraid of the big moments and, and can make the big shots and the big throws um, at the big uh, moments in the game. Gabe Gardinia is the head football coach at Albany state in his sixth season as he joins us here on the program running back. Can you talk sort of about the running back room and who you're expecting yeah. to step up for you? Well, I think, you know, we got a lot of expectations out of uh, Cam Ward. You know, he was, uh, you know, kind of, you know, a freshman for us last year, was was uh, you know, a little hot and cold, um, got a little banged up. And, you know, you know, freshmen, they just, you know, they're freshmen for a reason, right? They, they become inconsistent, but he really made a lot of big plays, um, you know, but just kind of played him, you know, uh, I don't know, probably about 30% of the snaps, just couldn't handle the whole load mentally. Um 
you know, uh, Marquise Folks um, is really just steady back there for us. Is kind of a slasher and uh, plays bigger than he is. Um, and then I think we're trying to find a third back. You know, we got a lot of guys kind of vying for that. We got, you know, uh, uh, probably about four or five that are that are good players that know what to do. And um, you know, but uh, you know, I never feel good until we got three that we really feel like can can go get it for us. Gabe Gardini is the head football coach at Albany State, joins us here on the program. I don't know if I've ever seen where a team has shut out six opponents in a season, <laughs> and that's exactly yeah. what you did. And I, I mentioned the last two games. Savannah State's a big-time football game, too. Uh, they, sure. they probably had some, you know, some bragging rights going back to 2019. You guys shut them out as well. <laughs> Uh, giving up well less than 10 points per game uh, per season. H- how good can the defense be in 2022? Well, uh, you know, I think it's funny, you know, you, you kind of you, you think about all the accolades from last year's team, and I I've, I've just keep telling the guys, hey, look, we're not last year's team. You know, last year is over. Let's let's not try to live up to giving up 6.3, game, 6.3 points a game. And, you know, our, our players would tell you, Donald, that it was actually seven shutouts because – you know, Benedict scored against us, but they scored on defense. Okay. You know, they ran a pick six back on us. So, you know, they're crushing me on that all the time, which is great. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think we're just all about trying to get off the field, you know, and play physical football and play with relentless effort. Um, and we got a lot of guys back over there, you know, we, we know that. But, but you know, the, uh, the way the season ended, you know, going out in the playoffs and not really playing very well and, and really playing nervous football i've never seen our team play nervous football you know i mean i'm in there before the game and the pre you, know, you got this planned out pre-game speech and we look we look so tight in there that you know you just i just started telling jokes i say y'all gonna relax in here or what i mean you know we we, we ain't gonna you know die if we lose here you know let's just go play football you know um but um my, i guess my point is is we have a lot of edge still uh i think a lot of margin to get better um you know, one of the areas that we, we weren't great in was creating turnovers. We only created, I think, like 16 turnovers last year. So, hey, we're we're trying to get that thing to two a game. You know, we want to get over 20. And, you know, we know we sacked the quarterback a lot last year. I think we had like 39 sacks. But, I mean, that's something we emphasize. You know, you talk about sacks. You know, if we can get, you know, uh, 30 sacks in a season, that should, that should be 10 wins. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of guys that, you know, we try to play over there. And throw a lot of different packages at people, but um, I guess that's a long answer to just say, "Hey, we're trying to be a new defense. Uh, we got new defense. I got a whole new defensive staff. I mean, all all those guys are gone. New defensive coordinator, new secondary coach, new D line coach, new interns. Shoot, my dog on interns hit the lottery on me too. So, you know, <laughs> proud of all those guys. But but hey, it's a you got to write a new story when you got so many new people. Last thought. We appreciate the time. Um, with Gabe Gardenia, the head football coach at Albany State. So you open up the season at home against Mississippi College, but then your next three games are on the road, including uh, the week after, uh, you know, against Florida A&M. Just kind of talk about the schedule and, you know, having to play on that road three straight weeks, but having to, you know, to do well to then really get into conference play. Yeah, it's it's, it's unique, um, but – you know, if you look at those road games, a lot of them are. I mean, a lot of them are close. I mean, you know, we go down to Tallahassee week two, and I mean that's a that's a hour and twenty minute drive for us. You know, uh, and then we're going to go play Clark 
um, I think week four and play the game at night and just drive up there. It's, you know, about two hours, 45 minutes. So, um, you know, we're still going to sleep in our own beds and kind of stay with our own routine. Uh, but we like, you know, I like to schedule those Gulf South teams early, um, you know, with, um, you know, Mississippi College and Shorter um, because they're just good programs, uh, good league, and uh, helps our strength to schedule, obviously. And then obviously what Coach Simmons is doing, you know, at FAMU is just tremendous. I mean, with the LeBron brand stuff and, uh, you know, I know uh, Jackson State gets a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, maybe a little bit more press, but I, I think um, uh, I see FAMU is, you know, just right up there as far as what they're doing nationally and recruiting and getting to spend time with Coach Simmons at the, the Legacy Bowl last year, basically being on the same staff. Just what a great guy, character, and, you know, got to go actually go down and speak to their alumni group. You know, I don't know if it was a safe environment. I had, to, <laughs> right. had to bring some uh, rattler repellent, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, I said, uh, you know, we don't want to get snake bitten. And, and uh, they said, hey, we don't bite, we strike, you know. <laughs> so uh, I, got my, uh, I got my history lesson there, but um, – uh, but certainly excited about, you know, just playing Mississippi College week one. That's what we're totally focused on. Um, and uh, I think our guys are excited. And, um, you know, just glad to play at home. You know, we drove over to Mississippi two years in a row. To, that's a long drive on a seven-hour bus ride. Uh, and actually had the dog on AC kick out on the defensive bus last year. So, you know, nothing like a little deep two, you know, minor league baseball type, you know, road trip where you're just juggling, moving, and shaking. You know, just <laughs> – what you do at this level, so what uh, you got to love. Well, no doubt. You guys got it done last year, 10-2 and two season. Of course, the Golden Rams going to open the season at home Saturday, September 3rd against Mississippi College. In his sixth season as the head football coach of Albany State is Gabe Gardenia joins us here on the program. Coach Gardenia, appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Golden Rams this season. Uh, Donald, we just want to say thanks for having us on the program and shoot. You know, anytime uh, we can talk uh, Golden Ram football, you know, you know I'm up for it. Appreciate it. Gabe Gardinia, the head football coach at Albany State, joining us here on the program. Again, shut out six teams, six teams in one season. That's a dominating defense. Absolutely dominate. It's got a tough stretch, including the game against Florida A&M. Florida a is going to be very tough this year, no question about it. I think Albany State, is going to show well. Now, do I think Albany State's going to win that game against that Florida A&M team? I don't think so, but I think Albany State definitely is going to show well in that football game. But again, that's going to be one of the games to kind of watch it and, uh, and then see how Albany State progresses from there. North Carolina Central head football coach Trey Oliver still to come, but up next, an exclusive conversation with John Wall. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. That, of course, the voice of Bianca Belair. EST is in the building. And that's what Sasha Banks and I are going to do. We're going to uh, WrestleMania. We're going to create history. We're going to be the first two black females to have a title match at WrestleMania. I always say representation is it's not a request. Plus it's a requirement, and I'm going to, to try to become SmackDown Miss Champion. But it's more than just creating a moment and becoming a champion. Just by us standing in the ring, we are representation for women and for black women. And so that's an amazing feeling to be able to be that, be that person and be on that platform and the greatest of them all and, 
and be able to create history. It's just, it's an honor. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can, no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, just really, you know, excited. Rob Manfred is the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Players that have been accused in their career of using performance-enhancing drugs, should they be in the Baseball Hall of Fame? I'm going to focus on one word in your question, okay? Accused. Players who have tested positive or there's otherwise been real solid proof that they were involved with performance-enhancing drugs, I think that Hall of Fame writers are entitled to make their own judgment about those players as to whether they think that performance-enhancing drugs or their use of performance-enhancing drugs should prevent them from being in the Hall of Fame. You cannot determine who used performance-enhancing drugs by the way a player looks. It's simply not possible. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years you get to it. <laughs> Man, you know what it's good? And, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better. And, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. I'm talking about none other than Common. Well, I ended up in FAM just because I wanted to major in business. And FAM, you had the illustrious school of business. Then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to Winston-Salem State University, uh, Black College. Something that my city had never seen before, may never see again. And just having a up-close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melodz. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. He is Stephen A. Smith. Congratulations on all the things y'all have done. Congratulations. Keep up the hard work. Went to Salem State where I had an absolute ball. The only part that was bad uh, was the basketball because my first year there, I cracked my kneecap in half. If I had one thing that I could do over, it would be that I would be there 100% healthy so I could really showcase what I could do. But outside of that, there's absolutely nothing that I would have changed. It was the greatest years of my life. Simone Biles. I guess I just go in there with a positive, open mind of just doing what we do in training and going out there and doing the best that we can do and just have fun with it. I didn't really think of the outcome, but I knew that we had been training hard and we were re- we were just ready. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because he was against his religion. All, all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Still, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have going to Division One. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a player for pro sports talk and entertainment. 
Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real relevant radio. The others pretend you're listening to the show that brings you up close and personal. Up close and personal. With the biggest names in sports and entertainment. Here's the man to bring it to you, Donald Ware. I had a chance on Thursday to catch up with John Wall at the Salvation Army of Wake County uh, right here in Raleigh. Had a chance to just talk with him about what he does in the community. Talk with him about being a part now of the L.A. Clippers, what D.C. meant to him. And it was an interesting conversation. Listen to it now. Again, an exclusive conversation with John Wall. You know, the last time we talked, I got to ask you about your art collection. That's the last time we talked. You were talking about your art collection. How is that coming along? Uh, it's great. You know what I mean? I had to slow it down a little bit. You know what I mean? Getting traded, going to L.A., being, being there. But uh, just been trying to find new pieces. You know, L.A. got a great dope spot to find. And I've got two places. I'm in Miami with great art. So, like, I want to go to Art Basel one day. That's probably after I'm done playing because, you know, it's during the season. But uh, yeah. L.A. got a lot of dope spots out there. So I'm going to do a lot of uh, exploring this year. Yeah, what do you do? You have a piece that you're looking for that you haven't gotten yet? No, nah, I'm just trying to really you know, be honest with you. I just like having assistance from like my agent and my business partners. But uh, other than that, I'm just trying to get in tune more. Just find like what's the best artist, and I even trying to go after the best all the time. Like find one that's coming up that's like nobody underground and nobody really talking about that has some dope stuff that I want to put in mind. And definitely looking to partner with a lot of black, you know, what I mean black artists. That's what I want to do is support the black culture and community. So definitely find some black artists. Tell me why that's important to you. I think it's interesting. You do what you do for the children of Raleigh and of Wake County. This is where you're from. But also, uh, there's go- you're going to have like an ice cream vendor tomorrow during your, uh, your basketball camp. Why is it important? I mean, obviously, but why is it important to you to give back to the black community? Because uh, I think like a lot of times with us, like we get on top or we get to a position where we don't support the, our black people or we don't try to branch on it. Like if I become a millionaire, I need to put somebody else and get them an opportunity. Uh, and kind of stick together, you know what I mean? Like, we got to learn how to stick together more and embrace our culture, embrace where we come from, and give them hope. Because a lot of people talk down to us because of where we come from and what our background is, but that's not really what we want to be. It just happened to be a product of our environment, but you can be a product of your environment to a certain extent. Just because you're a product of your environment, I mean, you have to do everything your environment taught you. You can learn from that and embrace from that and become a mature man. It's something that I have to learn and grow through of having, like, great people around me. But I think just me, I just love giving back. Whenever I have these events, I try to use black vendors, black people like that, because they, they need that spotlight. They need to be, they see that exposure. And uh, with social media, you can put them on that platform that people get to see them like, well, maybe I want to try this spot when I come to DC, or maybe I want to try this spot when I come to North Carolina. And that's getting them out there and getting their business going more. You mentioned important people. When I say Miss Frances Pulley, what comes to your mind? Uh, to me, Superwoman, the greatest mom anybody ever asked for. That's how I look at it. Is, uh, and I feel like a lot of people understand where I'm coming from, how much of a great mother she was because how much she embraced this community. And uh, even when I try to get her to move from here just to give her something new, no, I'm not leaving. This is where I'm from. Uh, go to Garner Road or go to Roberts Park or where I play AU tournament. She's the lady in the front door giving out tickets, selling the tickets to the AU games. And they're like, why are you working? Like, why are you doing this? Like, people don't know, still at 5 in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning. She going to TJ Maxx, Ross. That's what she's shopping at. Like, <laughs> she didn't care about the design and stuff. She didn't care about that and, uh I think that's why I'm just so humble and happy to be where I am because uh, I didn't supposed to be here. I mean, I, nobody never thought I would be here. And uh, just seeing her sacrifice and working three to four jobs 
It's like I told everybody before, sometimes not paying the light bill, sometimes not going to my AE tournament because she couldn't do it. Uh, taking me to school and picking me up from school, that's all she could do for us. My sisters raised me, so that was great for me. And uh, just to be able to give her this life that I always wanted to and the sacrifice that I, she made for me to play basketball, I feel like I still ain't doing enough, but everybody say you did. She enjoyed her life, she had fun, but you just wish you could get some of that time back. The Salvation Army of Wake County was important to her. Is that why it's important to you? Oh, for sure. I think anything that was important to her is important to me. And like I said, she looked at y'all like family, and that's what you consider family to me. So every time we did uh, things getting given away or cooking for the homeless or giving Christmas toys away or doing anything, bookstore, anything like involved in some of my foundation that she wanted to do, the Salvation Army has to be a part of it. The Salvation Army has to be a part of it. So that's something that I enjoyed. I'm like, okay, well, she wants that. That's what I want because she's here in this community while I'm gone for most of the year working. And, uh, that's why I want to continue that legacy on and not let it die down because she's gone. And uh, I definitely thank y'all for giving her flowers while she was here and definitely giving her flowers while she's gone. I think that's big for us. Yeah, no question. You did a lot for us. I got to talk some basketball with you, man. So to me, with your signing with the Clippers, Clippers immediately become top three in the West at least. Talk about that, man, and being with the Clippers now, man. You guys are going to be really good this year. Uh, I think the most important thing for us, like a lot of people say, like you look good on paper. But I think like we, uh, a lot of guys, like we're at an age in our career where we just want to win. I mean, it ain't about trying to be the best player or trying to be the guy leading our team and scoring or trying to be MVP. And uh, I'm just happy to have an opportunity to play basketball again. I think everything I went through and been through has been all part of God's plan. And I feel like he gave us toughest battle to his strongest people. And uh, even though I was in a dark place the last couple of years, I'm super excited. And you can kind of tell, like, me smiling a lot more, all those type of things. And we had to play the game that I love. And I try to tell all these young kids, it can be taken away at any moment, not because you wanted to, but just that's the guy, plan that God has for you or just what your future might hold. And uh, I get the opportunity to play with two great players. And uh, the sky's the limit, man. We had the opportunity to have a mini camp a couple weeks ago in Santa Barbara. And it looks scary, but you know what I mean? I don't do all the talking. I just let my game speak for itself when I get between those four lines. Yeah, no doubt. What have the last two, two and a half years been like for you? Uh, darkest place I've ever been in. I mean, at one point in time, I thought about committing suicide. You know what I mean, because tearing my Achilles, uh, my mom being sick, my mom passing, my grandma passed a year later. All this in the midst of COVID at the same time. Uh, me going to the chemotherapy and sitting in there, uh, me seeing my mom take her last breath, wearing the same clothes, for the three days straight laying on the couch beside her, you know what I mean? Like, all those sacrifices, not having a great support family behind me, my team, the mother of my kids has been great, my two boys is my motivation for me. So, like, looking at all that, and I'm like, if I can get through this, I can get through anything in life. And I, and I don't like to brag about it, because, like, everybody goes through something. You know, we all went through tough times, nobody got it easy. But I don't think a lot of people could get through what I went through. And uh, to me to be back on top where I want to be and uh, see the fans still want me to play, having support from my hometown, this support period means a lot. And uh, any time where I had to go find a therapist, you know, a lot of people think I don't need help. I can get through it any time, but you got to be true to yourself and find out what's best for you. And I did that. Ten plus years in Washington, in yeah. D.C. What did that mean? That's where your father's from. What, what did that mean to you, that the D.C. community? Oh, man. We, like, we're going to miss you, too, in D.C., John. Like, to be honest, man, it's like here, man. Like, <laughs> it, it's still, it feel like it's second home to me, man. I feel like I'm back home in North Carolina, man. Like, D.C. always embraced me from day one. And, uh, like, I try to tell people, I don't do stuff for the camera. Like, if you can take the camera away, it's my time and my support of showing these people that you can make it from anywhere. And uh, just give these kids hope, man. A lot of us don't have hope. And uh, we don't get opportunity to touch our favorite basketball player hand or celebrity hand or get there and just ask some questions or ask him what did he go through or how did he get here. So I love doing backpack giveaways. I love doing 
camps. I love doing anything I can possibly do to put my hands on and touch these kids and just tell them like, what you're going through, I get it. Not having a father figure because he might be in jail, or he might be deceased, you know what I mean? But still, don't let that be the reason why you don't accomplish your goals. Listen to your mother, make sure education is first. So DC community is always home to me. I love that place. I can't wait to play my first game back there this year with fans there. Uh, I know you're probably gonna see a thousand, thousand, thousand John Wall jerseys. And uh, it's gonna be dope and it's gonna give me chills because I haven't had the opportunity to play in front of fans. I can only imagine what that's gonna be like when Russell Westbrook came back just this year. It, I mean, he got a standing ovation, yeah. so I can only imagine what it's gonna be like uh, for you. Raleigh, what does Raleigh mean to you? Raleigh is my world. Raleigh is me. Raleigh is John Wall. Uh, it made me the man I am to this day. Uh, gave me my toughness, never back down and be competitive about anything. And uh, like I tell everybody in front of South Side of Raleigh, you don't go to cookout, you ain't doing right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's what I stand on. I love this place. Uh, just all the schools I went to, all the people I met here, just embracing. Uh, shout out Pookie Chapman for what he's doing too for the city. Uh, me and him doing a great thing, trying to partner on some more things and build with the mayor of the city. And uh, if you don't have a chance yet, you know, he got like a little uh, celebrity ch charity games. He got like summer league games. He got it in low, so go support that. But this is home. Like, I love being home. I love coming back. I love being around my family. I love going, you know, you know how you get in the front yard, have a cookout, play music, play cards all day. Yeah. That's what I'm waiting to do. So I can't wait to do that later on. Last thought, you know, I, I grew up in the DMV. I grew up in Silver Spring. You know, for the very first time, I went to the Kenner League two weeks ago. Oh, it took me man. all the way. I'm 40, almost 48. Took me 48 years to get to the Kenner League, right? Did you play in that? And I know what's it like for you. I know you played in the Chavis League one year. I know that. I think right before you went to Kentucky, yeah. I believe. But St. All League, yeah, RPD League, yeah, Lavelle. So, uh, it's great, man. Like for me, like I look at it like this: a lot of these people can never get the opportunity to buy tickets to go watch us play a professional game. You know what I mean? And in high school, you barely can get there because it's sold out at 3 o'clock and people don't get off the 5. I've been playing the Glass Show at 3 o'clock. It's sold out in there. We don't play at 8 o'clock. Everybody called, like, you know, everybody's sold out. I'm like, why y'all this early? We can't get in if we don't get here early. <laughs> right. So for me, I like, a lot of people don't get the opportunity to see me. I want to get them a show. And I love going back, you know what I mean? Beyond, I love playing in the hood. Like, that's exciting to me. That's where I come from, where I got my name from. Like, and I live by the code. No matter who your name is when you step on this court, them guys just as good. They just had the opportunity to make it to where you made it. So they don't get, care about no name. Bring your game, don't bring your name. Right. Because you know you get exposed out there very quickly. Right. So I love it. It's exciting for me. Are you playing tonight or are you playing with? No, nah, I ain't playing tonight. Okay. I'll probably play next year. I just came to like do this, get my get my yeah. condolences back to my mom, to yeah. get the Salvation Army. Uh, before I, nobody knows I landed at 645. Had to go to Durant Road Elementary School. I adopted their school this year. We got a lot of great things coming with, that, with them, with our foundation. So I did that and came over to Salvation Army to my mama's garden thing and then uh, helping these kids give away some stuff. And then, you know, tomorrow I had the little camp they got. Right. So I just been here busy ripping and running, but I'll probably play next time. Are you going to be pumping gas on Saturday? That's going to yes. be off the chain. Yeah, I'll be You going to act, okay. If they, if, like, we giving out gift cards for gas, $25 worth of gift cards for yeah. gas just to help people, like, you know, because gas is super high. Yeah. And if a person don't want to pump the gas, I'm not too Hollywood. John Wall would be out there pumping gas <laughs> if you want to ride by and catch me with your camera. Five-time NBA All-Star John Wall joining us here at the Salvation Army. John, I appreciate the time. Good luck to you in the future, man. We'll be looking for, I think we'll be looking for y'all team in the championship. Oh, for sure. That's the ultimate goal. We're trying to bring one back to Raleigh, man. P.J. Tucker did I got to do it next. <laughs> you heard him right there. John Wall shouted out P.J. Tucker, who is a Raleigh native also. And, of course, won that championship with Milwaukee going back to last season a couple of things i want to point out first of all if you're in raleigh on saturday between 10 and 1 john wall is going to be at a shell 
station location, as he said, pumping gas, or at the very least, he's going to provide uh, a gas card uh, to you. It's a shell location uh, in Raleigh between 10 and 1 on Saturday. One of the things that he said in the piece, okay, that I want to touch on, he, he said when I asked him about what the last two and a half years have been like for him, he said, I was in a dark place. I thought about committing suicide. That's deep. I mean, that that is deep when you're talking about a guy who was a, you know, is a star in the in the league. Uh, but again, all of that came down on him at one time. He had the Achilles injury. Then I think he re-injured it again. So it was like a situation where he had injured it and then re-injured it. And then his, of course, his mother passed away uh, back on, back in uh, December of 2019. And I'll tell you, Miss, uh, Miss Francis Pulley was a, was a pillar in this community uh, in Raleigh, did a lot of work uh, more specifically with, with a lot of groups, but specifically with the Salvation Army of Wake County. And so, you know, just talking to him seemed to be, and, and, and like he even said, I've been smiling a lot more lately. He seemed to be, you know, in good spirits. I mean, even last year, he you know, played in a handful of, uh, of games, and, it, and I think it was a mutual situation between he and Houston in terms of not playing, trying to seek a trade. We had heard about a possible trade, be, uh, Westbrook for Wall, but Houston also wanted a first-round uh, pick as well. But now he's out. He gets to go to L.A. to the Clippers, who, again, I think is going to be uh, – are going to be a top team, certainly in the West. I think a top three team immediately uh, in the West. And uh, so uh, John Wall taking a couple of uh, moments to join us and uh, having a, a time or uh, an opportunity uh, to be able to talk with him uh, a little bit, talk some basketball, of course, Big in Raleigh, really giving back to the Raleigh community. We'll be back. Hit me. The 2022 State Fair Classic. Grambling State versus Prairie View A&M. Saturday, October 1st at the Cotton Bowl. One ticket gets you into the fair and the big game. Also, Grammy Award winning Ashanti live. Then the Classic kicks off at a new time, 6 p.m. New coaches, old rivalry, and an iconic halftime battle of the band. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.com. Visit StateFairClassicFootball.com. Sponsored in part by City of Dallas. Dallas Sports Commission. McDonald's. Black and Positively Golden. Chevy. Crick and Wireless. Methodist Hospital. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Salt Box, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Box row. to Box to Box to Trey Oliver is in his fourth season as the head football coach at North Carolina Central. 
The Eagles have been picked to finish second in the MEAC preseason poll. Six and five on last year. As Trey Oliver joins us here. Coach Oliver, welcome back to the program. Man, it's good to see you. When I see you, I know it's about time for football. <laughs> I know, man. We we didn't get a chance to do our thing this year in terms of in-person, but we will get to that on next year. Uh, how are things going so far, what a, I guess, a, what, a couple of weeks into camp to this point? Oh, things are going well, man. It's, it's been hot out there, though. It's been hot. Um, I think our guys are in great shape. Um, but but over the summer, we did a lot of workouts early morning, 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. So, it's, you know, trying to get the guys acclimated to the heat uh, has, has been tough. Um, but they're, they're flying around. Um, uh, we're excited. Um, unfortunately, our helmets came in late. We had about six practices before our helmets arrived. Oh, wow. So we, a couple, I think a couple other schools had that problem also. But um, the guys are excited, a lot of energy. And um, uh, they retained a lot of information that, from the spring and also the summer workouts. Let's talk about last season. I mean, a 6-5 and five season, you know, competitive at the end, I mean, you got things started off with a bang, with a big win against Alcorn State in that MEAC SWAC challenge, but then hit a little bit of a lull, lost three straight games, but into the season, winning four of your last five, the only loss was to South Carolina State, who was the eventual champion uh, by three points. Speak to last season, particularly the end, and how that could carry over into 2022. Right, well... Um, after the first two games, we, we, we played Marshall in a couple of non-conference games and got beat up pretty bad. And um, I think that they really stood out that, that continuity and chemistry goes a long way, especially with the offensive line. And every week, every, just about every practice, we had a different lineup. Uh, so those guys, you know, weren't, weren't used to the guy next to them. And um, you got to trust the guys. You got to be able to communicate and, and no calls and timing with things and, and things of that nature. So, um I think we showed a lot of character to bounce back. We finished the season with only seven offensive linemen. Mm. Um, but the guys, like I said, I think it showed a lot of character uh, for the guys to persevere and, and finish the season, that, you know, the way we did. Unfortunately, we did have a close loss to South Carolina State. Um, uh, but but we, we did win some close games in, at the end, uh, like Norfolk State and overtime and Delaware State as well. So uh, I, was, I was pleased to see that. And uh, we did have some momentum. Uh, at the end of the season to carry on in, in, into the spring. Trey Oliver in his fourth season as the head football coach at North Carolina Central joins us here. So let's talk some personnel. Begins with your preseason first team, all uh, MEAC quarterback in Davius Richard. Seen some really good things. If you go back to the 2019 season, was his, was his I believe it was his true freshman year. Played, played well, right? And then did some good things for you last year. 15 touchdowns to six interceptions. Got that versatility where he can throw it, run it, rush for eight touchdowns uh, last year. Your thoughts and also on, on what the expectations are for him this season. And then what have you seen from him so far in camp? Well, the expectations were for him is really just to continue to improve and um, uh, continue to be the leader that he is. We don't, we don't need him to do anything special, uh, out of character, anything like that. He's, he's improved so much since last season. Uh, just watching him throw the ball, his mechanics. Uh, he's put on some, some more weight. Uh, we had to kind of tell him to slow down with that a little bit. But uh, he's massive for a quarterback. But he's, he's a tremendous leader, a great young man. And, um, you know, he's a warrior. I can't say enough about him. Was, is the weight, fact, the weight that he put on, is that in, in your concern for that? Is that more of a concern out of 
you know, taken away from his mobility because he has the ability to run the football and again, rush for eight touchdowns. I mean, it makes him bigger. You know, he's more durable, right. but maybe take away some of his speed. I mean, it, it was, it was good weight. I mean, he looked like a, a daggone linebacker. <laughs> uh, I mean, he looked good. And it, um, our, our, our sports medicine department and, and, um, social athletic director bulldog, they've done a whole lot with our nutritional program. Um, we have a training table now. Uh, so these guys are eating really like four meals a day. It's unbelievable. And um, uh, they always have fruit, always have granola bars, everything, you know, in the, in the, in the weight room. So um, that was part of it. But we just had to tell him, you know, to, to watch his weight. We didn't want him to get too heavy. Um, but to see his body along with a lot of other people, guys' bodies transform uh, was really good to see. But he hasn't lost a step. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Offensive line, you mentioned that. Seven guys going into the last couple of games of the season last year. How were you able to address that position uh, during the offseason, whether it was uh, whether guys in the program that you previously had recruited, whether it was through the you know transfers, et cetera, and then who are some of those guys you're expecting to step up for you on the, uh, within that unit? Right. Well, you know, I don't do a whole lot of the transfer portal. That's not my cup of tea. But, uh, you know, we have one or two that we got. Um, but we did bring 22 offensive linemen in uh, this year. So um, right now we're four deep. We'll, we'll see how, that, how long that lasts. But um, uh, we're returning a bunch of offensive linemen. Uh, I think the two that stand out is Torcelli Simpkins and, and um, Corey Bullock. Uh, those are two lead dogs. And then you still have Robert Mitchell that's coming back. He's a senior. Um, Daquan Thomas and Kadeem Doof. Um, and then behind that, we have some several – I mean, really, really talented freshman. Uh, we got a kid out of South Carolina. I don't know how Buddy Pugh let him get let us get him out of there, but uh, Noah McKinley, he did 225 30 times on the bench press. True freshman. So it, he, he's a man. He's a man. Um, and very athletic. You know, we don't have guys with big bellies hanging over their belts. So uh, long, um, lean guys that are, that are athletic and can move. So uh, we do have depth at the offensive line. Thank God. It's my first time with, with, with depth at the O-line since I've been here. So um, they should be able to keep uh, Pee Wee upright and, and, and create some holes for our running game. Yeah, and you mentioned Corey Bullock. He's a first-team All-MEAC preseason guy um, as well. Running back has been a staple at North Carolina Central for quite some time. Uh, what, who's who's, you know, who, who's going to be big time for you this year? Um, I think that room improved, and a lot of people, you know, thought we were really, really talented there before, and we were with Totten and uh, Jordan Freeman and a couple other guys. But uh, Mookie Collier is still uh, coming in right now as number one, but we've got – he's got three guys on his heels, and it's, it's, a, it's a crazy competition back there. Uh, Jamari Taylor, redshirt freshman, is looking really, really good. Um, uh, we got Hamilton back there, 6'1", a big back, 210, and uh, he's probably a 4'4", 4'5", guy that can really run. And then we do have a, a Juco transfer, um, Christian Mosley from Cisco uh, Junior College. And he's probably the fastest of the bunch. But um, I'm very pleased uh, with those guys back there. I know we have five running backs that I'm comfortable with. North Carolina Central head football coach, Trey Oliver joins us here on the program. You know, we don't talk about special teams a lot. Your special teams is gonna be very good this year. Brandon Codrington is really, really good. Like he he can he can return kickoffs he can return punts I think he he also plays DB for you, um also sp speak to him particularly in the special teams game and 
what he brings to the table being able to flip, you know, to 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 put you in good field position. Quick story about him, uh, how competitive he is. He came in as a walk-on, uh, walked on his first year, and obviously he was uh, uh, very talented, very gifted. We, you know, put him on scholarship that following year, and now he's All-American. So just, you know, how, you know, he, that's a testament to how hard he works and, and uh, the his character. But um, he and E.J. Hicks will, uh, will help us in the return game. Uh, but Brandon Codrington is somebody that, that – um, can make something happen in a heartbeat. Um, I, I doubt people will probably kick to him this year, um, but if they do, I, I expect them to. I expect them to make him pay because he, he's elusive and um, he's a gamer. But uh, we do have Pratt back there, and like I said, EJ Hicks as well. Yeah, and, and obviously, I mean, you 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 were a punter, but you were in the defensive backfield there at, at Central. So, how is that defensive backfield looking in your estimation? We're going to be pretty good back there, man. Um, we have some guys that, that, that have been battle tested. A lot of guys back there uh, have played a lot of downs. Um, we do have a new defensive coordinator that came in, uh, Courtney Cord, that came over from uh, our rival school. You know, we don't mention those guys uh, <laughs> over here in Durham. But I, I coached him here when he was in school, and uh, we worked together for several years. But he's, he's my new defensive coordinator now. Um, and I have some, two really good, young, energetic uh, DB coaches, Michael Sewell and Tor- Tony McCray. Um, so I'm kind of helping those guys uh, back there in the back end a little bit. But um, my young guns, my young coaches, they I think they got it. But I just need to keep my eye on them for another day or two. The You kick off the season. I mean, it's 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 great. It's like the old Aggie Eagle Classic. I, you've been, I've been calling it rivalry the last couple of years because the Classic was always Labor Day weekend. It was in Raleigh. You go to Charlotte this year. I mean, that just, that's in Bank of America Stadium where the Panthers play. Seems like it's going to be a big-time game. Speak to that and, and sort of, I mean, it's always been the rivalry, but now sort of going back to classic style with that game leading off your schedule. Right. I, I love that we're playing in, the, you know, in that venue. Um, it gives our fans an opportunity to come see the game. Um, you know, whenever it's in Durham or Greensboro, it always sells out. Uh, so a lot, you know, half the folks can't even come, you know, come see the game. Um, but obviously everybody will be able to get in. Um, I'm sure they're expecting probably 50, 55,000 people there. Uh, and it's going to be a good one. Um, uh, coach Washington, the head coach and myself are really good friends. Uh, but the two programs don't particularly care for each other. Um, and coach Washington, I probably won't have too much to say to each other that day as well. (laughs) Yeah, he did coach you. Uh, a lot of people may not know that he was your, um, what at least position coach or maybe defensive coordinator defensive when you played? Yeah, when you played, he's a defensive coordinator here, yeah. and uh, we've coached together. We were together at, at Grambling. Uh, we were together at North Carolina A and T. Um, I've known him for probably I guess shoot, thirty years now, and uh, very close friends of mine. He and his wife. So uh, I love Coach to death. That's my that's my man. But uh, September third, um, like I said, I don't think we're gonna. We might shake hands once. <laughs> Trey Oliver, again, in his fourth season as the head football coach at North Carolina Central, joins us here. The Eagles open the season on Saturday, September 3rd in Charlotte against rival, arch rival, North Carolina A&T. Coach Oliver, appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Eagles this season. Hey, man, thank you so much, man. Always a pleasure. I've got to get ready to run. Thank you to Gabe Gardenia, also to Trey Oliver. Hope you enjoyed 
the exclusive conversation with John Wall also on today's show. And always remember to support those that support your box. Toro is produced by DW Communications.